You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Jump back in the alley, add nanny goats, 18 wheelers, camels, Dominica camels, all other mammals plus equal. We are good to start. Welcome to Axe to Grind, the uh, podcast of record, which would make it the old gray lady, uh, which would make it the New York Times, which would make it uh, in trouble this week. Yes. And we prefer the old gray mare stomp. The old gray mare stomp is our preferred old gray. what she used to be. Now, I am Patrick. I'm Bob. And I'm Tom. And, and I would like, just like to say, me and you, scumbag. Not the same song, but it's a rest in pieces part. <laughs> True. Makes, that's the best way to introduce a song. Yeah. Me and you, scumbag, before mosh part. If you don't in- interpolate yeah. that into a drug church song. I mean, might be a self-defense song soon. Hey, there you go. You getting more confrontational? There's some people that need to learn. Uh, you know what I mean? They that's got a lot to learn. Is. You better pray that the gains don't hit 160, because then Mr. Gaines is getting his uh, gains ego. It's all ego is that eight pounds. Y- you know what? We we talk about my father sometimes on this. I've said it before. Free Frank I, I just went and sat with him. Uh, he is remarkably psychotically, I would argue, unafraid of physical violence. Mm-hmm. It is so fucking weird. Our conversation was, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not. Uh, and he's never talked like this before, ever. Like, he's not a guy that talks about violence. But he said, I don't, we're talking something about somebody unsavory was in the room, right? Yeah. And, and we're talking uh, paperwork. We're talking quietly, whatever. But uh, my father runs the phones, uh, and it's kind of, you can make friends that way, but you can also make some resentments, whatever. Yep. So uh, he's talking about, he's like, nah, I don't know. He's, he said, it, the, the fear is, he's like, this place is different than Attica. People are getting hurt here once a week versus Attica, which was every 40 minutes, you know. Uh, <laughs> but sometimes a, 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 they'll send somebody to slash somebody. Yeah. And slashing a face is not an exact science. You hit somebody's neck it's and done. you're doing another 20 years. You know what buck I mean? 50. So, uh, but we're, he's talking about, he's like, eh, you know, I don't know if I'd mind getting my face slashed. And I'm thinking, what the hell? And he says... <laughs> Character. <laughs> he, he said, uh, "My modeling days are over, and your, your mother, your mother, I think, would stay with me." And I was like, "This is a very practical but upsetting conversation." Yeah, <laughs> like, like you've thought about this. Yeah. <laughs> like you've like at but, night, you're like, "I wonder." But you have, has, I mean, you have nothing but time to think about those things, right? He, would Rusty stay with me if I had a big yes. old fucking? And he's pretty confident. I'm yeah, bless up confident. to their their relationship. Pretty on confident. That. Uh, I, he's. I'm getting there where I'm less afraid of people. You know what I mean? But he's at a weird level. There's yeah. something, I mean, he's so- seen some shit that none of us will ever yes, like. Yes, for sure. Right. We he's had to fight off conversations people. too where his eyes went far away and I was like, oh. <laughs> what bloodbath did you witness? You know what I mean? Like, I like snapping I, yeah. at him like over. But. Yeah. I'm catching up on power on, yeah. uh, on stars. Uh-huh. And there's, you know, one of the main characters, father is in prison and I get it. Yeah. 
There's a lot ba- of killing. Bad a lot things of, happen. A lot of killing. Bad things happen. I don't know if that happens in real prisons, but everyone gets cut and... He says his current facility is n- not all that bad. Uh, yeah. He says Attica was uh, something else. Is this like a discharge facility? Like it's you're making your way back into the... This is medium. This is medium. Yeah. Um, yep. So after this, you'd be going to like a probably work release. Before I wouldn't want to get before. slashed in the face, but I wouldn't mind. I don't know. You know what? It, it'd have to be a good scar, like comic book facial scar, like yeah. oh, like the like down the, uh, over the eye and then down. I feel like it might add. Like Michael K. Williams has that ill scar on his yeah. face. Yes, hard as shit. Why my not? Cu- my cousin at this got, point, fine. My cousin's got more of a traditional prison one. Yep, but, yep. But, from there, yeah, that's but rough. But if he lost weight, bulked up, could he, pull it off. He would just look like a very hard man. As it is, he looks like a dude who's been through a lot. You know yeah. what I mean? But you could transfer that energy over to, I've seen a lot, and I'll also pop your head. Right. You know what I mean? So, right. Yeah, what is uh, that called? Like the Chelsea smile, the Chelsea grin or something? Uh, yeah, probably, right? Yeah, the but Chelsea he, grin sounds from, right. That. It almost almost touches his lip. It yeah. goes Ooh. like the length of his temple down to his ah. lip. Mm. Um, I'm assuming... Uh, this is, um, I won't mention the cousin's name. I'm assuming that's an unpaid prison drug debt, would be my guess. Yeah. He's a bold motherfucker. You know what I mean? If he doesn't want to pay you, you're not getting paid. So I, I, <laughs> I think it's caught up. Say no more. Caught up. You know what I mean? On that note, yeah. let's ah, talk sponsors. sponsors. <laughs> Run for Cover Records. Run for Cover loves being associated with prison slashings. Let's do it. Prison slashings make me think of one band. Mm. Wicca Phase. Okay. Buy it. <laughs> Uh, Tom, you were actually uh, listening to something recently. Uh, yes, I was listening to a wrestling podcast on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network, who Kevin, our friend Kevin Hare is part of. Um, shout out, Kev. Shout out, Kev. And I was listening, and they're like, we're going to bring our guest on today. Um, our friend Wikifaze. I was like, wait a minute, what the fuck is happening? It was weird. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, oh shit. And he was he's a fucking dork, and yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's like way into the... Like, he would give like Morgado and Yvonne and all these like wrestling dorks like a real run for their money. He loves narrative. It's awesome. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. And he does a um, uh, for AEW. He does a intro song for this wrestler Darby Allen, mm. who's like kind of like a punk dude, mm-hmm. um, straight edge guy. Okay, oddly enough, you wouldn't think by looking at him, but he's, he's an edgeman. Um, that he he's the guy that came to FYA dressed in like full because like his wrestling. What are you doing? Nothing. You <laughs> you're freaking me out, man. Whenever I look at someone, you he you does this paranoid. like you're paranoid. It's the equivalent of like you ever look at somebody and you look like right like not like directly in their eye and know, you're like oh there's face. something in my ear. Yeah. That's what you keep doing. I know. I just checking out your legs. I guess. I mean, I, I got nice scams. <laughs> no. So go on. He, uh, Darby Allen, his company Evolve, I think it was, was wrestling. Mm-hmm. Usually has their f- matches where FYA is. But they double booked, so they got moved across the street. But he came to the show mm. and was stage diving into the nothingness, dressed in his full wrestling outfit. This, for is, Austin a le- this is a legend, and I respect him. Yeah, yeah. Makes him feel more alive. Your boy, um, the dude from Fucked Up, did like a little documentary with him. Yeah, oh, him? true. Yeah, and he's like a like he's just like a fucking whacked out skater dude. Okay, God yeah. bless. Yeah, but yeah. So Wick, uh, Adam Wicca does does his intro music. So now that he's he's busted the the seal that he's been on niche niche podcasts, mm-hmm. maybe it's time. Me- okay. yeah. bring him on. We'll talk about wrestling only. That's sure. fine too. Sure, I'll stand there blankly. I'll be, it'll be like when we talk about comics. comic books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like yo, I got this. Hold on. Did you see now? Um, I'll jump in on like Junkyard Dog was a favorite. I enjoyed him. <laughs> he you, was a favorite. I what was Jun- the uh, the wrestling cartoon? 
The Rock and Wrestling Connection? Was that? No, it was, no. It was like mid-late 80s. I remember it. And I feel like the Junkyard Dogs Junkyard played a, a relevant role. Yes. Yes, I believe okay. that. Hogan was in it. Yeah. yeah. Honky cool. Tonk was in it. Yep. yep. When he was racist, but no one knew. Yeah. Oh, I, th- I could have guessed. But may, yeah, I was going to say, I was like, <laughs> I think it was like, nobody knows, but like, oh, that weird blonde guy from Tampa. Yeah. Mm. With the baby doll hair. Yeah. 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 So, uh, whether it's prison slashings or pro wrestling, yep. go get that Wikiface record go. that came out. Tons of other stuff. We don't know. We got They got new stuff coming up. But for right now, you're going to enter the promo code. What you're going to do when you add... Well, forget it. Extra grand. <laughs> it was. I like that start. It was I good. was going yeah, for the. No, yeah, I couldn't no, no, figure we'll, it out. We'll workshop that. Uh, yeah. No, we're gonna work. We're gonna workshop. What that. you gonna do when Run for Cover runs all over you? Or we can pivot it to what you gonna do? What you gonna do? Make a change. And you're gonna spell that out. Thank you. And you get fifteen percent off. Fifteen. To our friends in the five one eight. It almost feels like it should change. When you cross the Hudson, like 519. Mm. Like, I feel like there would be a nice thing. So, closed casket activities on the other side of the Hudson. Yes. Uh, got tons of stuff coming out. What was the thing we talked about? Oh, yeah. Eyes of the Lord. The hardest record so far this year, maybe. You said your favorite closed casket record in a long time. In a minute, yeah. Uh, scratches an itch for uh, hard, heavy, good lyrics. Uh, fast enough. Fast enough. Uh, Genuine. Yeah, yeah, like uh, legit. Yeah, do, yeah. Look, this isn't a huge deal in our world, but it doesn't seem like this is uh, uh, preening to be the headliner anywhere. This is this is just uh, hey, is a dude working out some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I, I'm I've been going through it. Uh, I think I'll probably sing that, uh, and it works. Yeah, the lyrics are very close to the bone, but I also I thought they were great. Matter of personal preference, I really like the art. I think art's yeah. been headed in a direction that I don't typically enjoy, and uh, this is more in line with yeah. what I like. Also feels a little bit different in the world of it, of the sound. Yeah, for sure. Know, so that's cool. So you're going to go to Closed Casket Activities, get over to that side of the Hudson, enter the promo code. Axe to grind. And you are going to want to. Spell it out. Get 10% off Not your bad. whole order. Thanks also to our other sponsors, Triple B and Deathwish. Same code, web stores, fill up the bag, 10% off. Let's go. Tom, how was Louisville? Louisville was wonderful. Um, it was a very quick um, quick trip. You didn't, you didn't want to relocate? You know what? Yeah. Not opposed. Yeah. Nice okay. down there. I know. It's cute. I, it's bet, like- I bet that we could get a house, mm-hmm. top floor, bottom floor, See each other literally once every four days. Just to so record. It wouldn't feel like a roommate situation. Mm-hmm. 100%. You know what I mean? so we could probably do that for what? 12? I oh, think 12 15? gets you somewhere really nice. Yeah, I think 12 is I think, pretty I think, good. I think at a thou, you're in a nice spot. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think it over. I'm not opposed. Okay. Um, it was great. We uh, we got there Thursday. Um, we went to Spinelli's to see. Um, a hardcore show at Spinelli's, the wonderful pizza place that's in the basement. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, it looks was, tiny. It's pretty tiny. It was quite a quite an experience. It's open as a pizza place during the show. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Um, the just the heat generated. Um, I was asking the miracle drug dude. I think it was Matt and Tommy that we were talking to at the time about like where the heat was coming from, whether it was like the people or the ovens, and it's a little bit of both. 
Mm. Um, it's blazing hot, and if you want a refill and a band is playing, you can't get your soda. Have you ever passed out while playing? No. No? What's the hottest show you've ever played? Um, we played a show in like in Brussels mm-hmm. that we it was like mm. no no exaggeration probably about seven hundred kids and we had to play for over an hour. <laughs> So we were headlining and it was one of those like one more song and we kept yeah. we did songs like again yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like the hottest Europe I'd has ever gotten been. much more tempered about that yeah. from what I understand but way back it was like we literally no, have no. to play yeah. if you don't play for 45 yeah. minutes or an hour we want our money's worth yes yeah. right like I, we played a show and I broke my I got my tooth broken mm. with the mic and we played for like 35 minutes and we didn't get paid <laughs> I was like because we didn't play the a lot contracted of is that true yeah that's serious God, yeah. Stop, stop being so tight. Yeah, it's like, come on, I you think, don't need I more than thirty-five think, minutes. Of anything? No, I think they have, but yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, that was also twenty years. Yeah. Um. So Spinelli's is dope. It was um, love and trust. Um, life's questions from Chicago. Mm-hmm. We believe sounds yep. correct. They were good. Uh, inclination, who were awesome, and knocked loose, which was insane to see them in such a small place. Mm. Um, and then your show. Then our show dun, dun, dun. at Headliners in Louisville, Kentucky. Wow. I feel like there must have been like their rock radio. Oh. Must have definitely had an ad <laughs> for it. Fucking for sure. Yeah. And that voice. Come on down for the hometown boys knocked loose. Um, it was awesome. It was a uh, really big venue. Super nice. No barrier. All ages. It was um, Stepping Stone open. They were cool. Um, Heartstopper, which is knocked loose and just different playing different instruments. Pretty much, um, Karma, who was sick, got the biggest reaction, um, probably other than Knocked Loose, if I had to be honest. Damn, it was wild. And they do hip hop inter- interludes between the songs, which are cool. It's cool, um, they're really good. Really, New really hip hop or older hip hop? Old, okay, it was cool. Like, it wasn't no, it wasn't like Migos, it was like fucking yeah. like Nas, okay, it was cool. It was super cool. It's weird, like, how- really pro. It was awesome. It, uh, you know, I love pro, yeah. but it's weird how old hip hop doesn't strike people. With the same corniness that rock from the same era would, you, right? You, if you were playing you know like I mean? 1994, like nobody's rock. blasting Bon Jovi between their songs. Mm. No, you no. Know what I mean, you wouldn't be no. playing like cumbersome between. Right, right, like, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, maybe, yo, but maybe at the maybe at like uh, maybe, maybe at a hip hop show, yeah, shows yeah. they go like check it, it out. It, here's, here's collective light, soul. Yeah, here's lightning mm. crashes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the, and then uh, Judiciary played, who we saw earlier that week. They were fantastic. They killed it. Um, uh, Mind Force also killed it. Um, we played. Mm-hmm. I will not d- review our set because I'm not that type. Okay. But it went well. Looked good. We had some um, technical difficulties. Mm. Uh, Jay, Mind Force, sang with us. So did uh, Bricks from Miracle Drug. And Bricks made Brian Knocked Loose sing with us, um, which I didn't notice. He like put the mic in his face. Thankfully, he knew the words, but it was still sure. kind of weird. Um, I didn't notice until someone sent the video. I was like, I know that voice, and it was him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Knocked Loose was like a fucking event. Yeah. yeah, it was insane. At one point, I went outside and I could hear the crowd, like yeah. outside the venue. Yeah, that cool. that tracks. It was fucking nuts. It was so cool. Um, they were like super generous, like unbelievably nice. Like the whole weekend had such incredible vibe. And like in my experience, and like being around for a long fucking time. If you didn't go to that and leave knowing like that band, like whether or not you want to admit it is a fucking hardcore band, mm-hmm. then you're wrong because like it was like a hardcore show. You may not think their sound might not be fucking your your yes. brand of hardcore, but like those dudes and the way they all did it 
was 100% a fucking 110%. hardcore band. You know what I mean? It was like a going to like a hardcore last show. If you guys like, could be... Heard the, the same thing from other people too. Amazing. If you could be the king of Louisville, uh-huh. would you want it? Like, like as a band like or like a, an a actual fiefdom? king? Not like a monarch necessarily, but like you are the shit. Whether that's from being a band or like maybe you're a local newscaster or like whatever. Like Rick Pitino or like, some somebody like where you walk down the street. Ron like, Mercer. Hey, I mean, <laughs> hey, ah. Um, I, uh, I mean, like Rob Pennington was probably the king of Louisville for a while, right? He might have been. Sure. Ryan Patterson probably. Coliseum was big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or the kid from uh, Elliot. <laughs> I bet. I bet people uh, waved to. I him. couldn't pick him out of a lineup though, as much as I love the band. Okay. Maybe like somebody from Slint. Oh, I'm sure if the dude's from Slint, like David like, Paho walking down the street, be like, "Yo, buddy." To, if you go to a rock show, I'm sure. I mean, well, why don't you just tell us about how that is in Albany? Nah, right, being the king of Albany. Well, it's you got little, the nods. Like, he's more. He's like the. Mm. He's the crown prince of Bethlehem. So. Yes, yeah. precisely. Like I'm Jesus. actually on the Schenectady border at the moment, so I know, I know. I'm, I'm the uh, what border? The Schenectady border. Oof. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Baby Pat Riley over here. Um, can you walk to Crossgates? Yeah, I could. Yeah, sure. Well, no, no, that's a weird question for him. Yeah, yeah like you can, can get a normal human being. You can walk, walk anywhere. Yeah. Right. You walked like 14 miles across England. So like mm. that doesn't really count. I, I, I don't think a normal person would want to walk to her Husky. Certainly you could. Yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah. It's but like I mean, rain. Uh, what was I going to ask? Oh. Hockley Show. Beautiful time. Beautiful. Wonderful vibe. Oh, did you see Isaac uh, did a like little Instagram story? And he got asked... How was having indecision play or uh, whatever? Did you see it or no? I did. Okay, it, it was, was very cool. very sweet. And he had a it just it was just a picture of them playing and it's him like on top of a crowd like, like singing he a circled his face. It was nice. Uh, all I kept thinking is like I wish you would get the fuck out of there. Like people were moshing and I look up and there's like Isaac like moshing. I'm like yo man, like you got a show to play in like yeah, 40 yeah, yeah. minutes. Like the last thing I need you to do is Phrase like break in. your hand on somebody's right. face. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. The, the excitement of youth. Let them have it. I love you know it. No, I was I mean? psyched, but I kept going like, I would feel terrible. Like, all right, so the, sh- the tour's canceled because I broke my fucking arm <laughs> moshing to like my old friend's band. Like, yeah. that's weird. Like, yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, like they're going on that big tour in um, in September weeks. and October. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stick to your guns got added to it. No mm-hmm. shit. Which was cool. Um, yeah, talking to them dudes, like they're, you know, got their heads on straight. And I think um, only great things are going to happen to them. All right. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out. Yeah, what do we have to do here today? Something near and dear to somebody's heart, not mine. Uh, we're talking, a, we're, we're doing a... Album to album. Album to album. It proved very popular, and we are slaves to, to, to the popularity of these things because... Did it prove to be popular? People, yeah, people, people like, like the But really, one. you know what it is? We, we just had fun doing it, so... Yeah, well, right. Yeah, let's talk about records color, we like. Colors yeah. that lens yeah. for me. Yeah, sure. Um, Today we're going to be talking about a band that means a great deal to some of us and mm-hmm. not as much to others, uh, and that is American Nightmare. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about two releases. First LP, Background Music, and their second LP, We're Down Till We're Underground. So, um, Can I make my first comment? Please. Upon first blush, when I first heard the rumor going around that the second ANLP was coming out, and it was called We're Down Till We're Underground... I thought it was a joke. I know this one. It seems you for very some off. Like it. I don't mind it. Brand for them. Sort of. We're down to we're underground. I feel like that's like something Rob Fusco would write. Well, I mean, maybe, but, but if they, you read their their song titles, 
I see you feeling Drake or whatever. You know, I like still don't know what that means. I don't either. It's I see is Ian Curtis and then uh, Nick Drake is two dudes that killed themselves. Yeah, it's very melodramatic. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I didn't catch that. Very melodramatic. How do you, a super fan over here, know? Yeah, that's I know. Weird. So, but I, they also had done the Love American single. Like True. there was leanings. So, let's start with uh, putting because we started with Trapped Under Ice last time. We talked about the Church of TUI. Yeah, and we all we all acknowledged that. You know, I think I was. I, I'm like non-practicing, but man, I still got the books. Mm-hmm. And and you're a full fledged. You're you got the fucking the collar on. Yeah. Um, you're preaching. And Tom is Tom is a regular practitioner yeah. too, probably of the, you know. of the Church of TUI. Yeah. Oh hell yeah. So let's talk about the United States of American nightmare. Okay. Are you a citizen? Are you a patriot? Are you an expat? Or I'm the Ayatollah. Yeah. You know I mean, I'm I'm over a in the Middle East it. saying bomb the great Satan. I don't give a shit. Wow. I know. We'll get. Let's dig on your. You know, let's, uh, no better place than here. No better time than now. Mm. Let's start with your first. They were a band that pushed you out. Yeah. I, I find everything about American Nightmare alienating. Start with, the, start with some background. Uh, okay. Music. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> so I was into heavier music of that time, right? And uh, if I pause... Mm-hmm. I didn't know you mm-hmm. at the time of American Nightmare, but knowing the stuff you liked before, yeah. during some of your leans on other stuff, mm-hmm. I would have bet money this would have been something you liked. We'll, we'll but... Ju- we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't know anything about it, but uh, I knew that it was buzzy, right? Everybody's talking about it. Uh, I don't know if I actually listened to them before I saw them. Uh-huh. Uh, I saw them play The City with a Veil. Uh, Sounds right. Is yep. that, is that N- Knitting Factory. Yeah. Yep. What's that? The Knitting Factory. Knitting Factory. That's right. I like The Knitting Factory. That was like way after they'd been around, though. Yeah, that was the first time I saw them. That was like five or six years into it. Oh, really? Wait. I feel like it was like 2006 or something. It could have been. No. No, they weren't. They didn't play in 2006. I was living in the city at the time. So would that be... Oh, one, oh, they they oh, could have done one then. No, it's it's the oh, oh, so. Yeah. There's a full show list if you go to the Cold Caves. I was living. It was. I was briefly living uh, on a friend's couch in Midwood. So Midwood. Yes. Deep Brooklyn. That's real Brooklyn. Yes. Uh, I can tell a lot of stories. Um, so uh, interesting neighborhood. The the living on a friend's couch. Went to see them. Went to see a veil. Really. Uh, saw people going insane for AM. Yes. I uh, wasn't mad at that, but then when I went home and kind of examined it, I said, oh, I don't, what is there to go insane about here? And obviously, I now know, you know yes. what I mean? Like, I'm not here to take anything away from this band that means a lot to a lot of people, but alienated me then, um, continues to alienate me today. Alienate I, me like today. What about them? I feel like there's certain things, well, I mean, I guess if you're not part of... Like the scene, like or their scene, you could feel like we were talking about being alienated by other parts of yeah. hardcore and so on. What about them was so sort of off-putting to you? So this sounds this sounds crazy because everything I'm about to say can be 100% leveled at acts that I do like. Sure, but uh, there is a pretension and self-involvement that I don't think is 
befitting music that to me sounds like youth crew. And I, I don't get me wrong. I, I, there are acts that can come out to like a thunderclap and the, the lighting is dark and the guy says some fucking poetry and then they launch into something that's like way overstated and fucking stupid. I, I can enjoy that. But for whatever reason, this felt like uh, this felt, you know what, to be fucking like really, really heady about it. It felt like low culture dressed up with high culture pretensions that I just thought was corny. Okay. Like, why can't you be a uh, 10 yard fight? Cause that's all this sounds like to me. You know what I mean? For like, sure. why can't you like, what's wrong with 10 yard fight that we got to be doing the vampire poetry version of it. You know what I mean? And, right. uh, but again, this is hypocrisy because there's acts that I like who are more guilty. This is your new band. Young hypocrite, young hypocrite, is that your rap name. <laughs> it's my rap name. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, the, the album featuring Mr. Gaines. It's when he goes deep. Yes. Voice. So I got a lot to say about this, but uh, that's where I was as a kid. This did push me out. I at that time I was uh, um, getting much more into older shit, and this confirmed that for me that there was going to be a period that just wasn't. I wasn't with the zeitgeist at all. Got it. Uh, I I like them. Not from Jump, but almost, but very early. The thing was, I don't like the American Nightmare demo. Just doesn't feel put together Hennessy. to me. But, Sloppy as fuck. But people loved people it. People loved it. Loved it. No. It was so exciting. It was of the moment and just the background of it. It was members of Right Brigade and Ten Yard Fight. Uh, I think it was members of Right Brigade, but if it was, I think it was actually. Jesse, right? Jesse, yeah. Jesse was played he bass. He wasn't in the band right at the beginning, oh, but no. he joined... Um, but anyways, regardless, it was X 10 yard fight and it was like, Hey, 10 yard fight broke up in my eyes, broke up. Here's the new band. And it was American nightmare and the demo was sloppy. I didn't like it. Yeah. Whatever. And not in a good way. No, 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 no. But there's some people who still ride for it because they yeah. really ride for it. Um, and you know, there's people who still say, Hey, that's my favorite thing. I, I never understood it. And I saw them live around it and they were Fine. Right. I think I booked them on the demo, and I, I liked it live more. But then the first EP comes out, and it's like, oh, oh, there it is. Right. Like you, I don't understand how you can listen to those seven inches, but like, not nah, a demo's better. Like, not no, a no, no, no. And so they they kind of came into their own sonically. We're not gonna. We'll talk a little bit about that stuff, but yeah. this is just my background. I enjoyed it. Loved the seven inches. Was going to see them all the time. Was driving up from Jersey to Boston to go see them, to Worcester to go see them, to Providence to go see them. Uh, I probably saw them 20 times between mm. 2000 and 2002 or so, 2001, wow. two, something like that. Uh, background music came out like that. And yeah, I, I really liked the band. Now, stylistically, it did some things that were not for me, but that was... That was more the fashion, and I was always able to separate that to me. But I did look at that and think, huh, this is weird. This is a weird thing that everybody's dressing like the band they like. And then I started examining, like, oh, mm. people do that. Yeah, people do that. Oh, fuck. All right. So I, I really liked the band and always did. To the point where when We're Down to We Under, We're Underground came out, I was living in California, had just moved there probably two or three months before the record came out. And my my deep interest in the band had gone. But I was so excited slash 
fascinated with what the record would sound like because it had been a while. So, uh, fan. Yeah, I mean, I didn't hear the demo at the time. I got that first seven inch and was blown away. Um, I'm a super fan at the t- especially at the time. Um, I get how they could be off putting, but I think a lot of those bands and that kind of. Geographic, it, yes, era, and, and, like, it, and it wasn't the era for me. I just got to say, like, I didn't like Panic. It's not like it's not like there was a stylistic version of this that that I loved. So it, it right. we can also drill it down to sound too, for sure. Yeah, but I could feel like that sort of like it was definitely pretentious. Yeah, I loved it, but I love some pretentious shit. No, I'm of course, hypocrite. of course. Yeah, I mean, it was some Longfish. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. Your favorite. That's man. what I was opting to listen to immediately yeah. after. This. Right, right, right. And I got that. I could see that. Um but just around that time, like they were, they were a band. Like I feel like you know, if you really think back on it, over the 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 years of punk, the people always kind of emulated the bands. But I feel like at that point, it was like everyone was either fucking sold on that or not. Right, eighteen visions, faux hawk. Yep. Yes. West Brit guy, you know, British hooligan guy. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It was like those three, like the people that's like, oh, you still dress exactly the same as you <laughs> yeah, when you were right. 18, yeah. you know? But like that Soundgarden shirt is cool now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and I think, you know, but seeing them, like they were like a weird kind of crossover band where none of those other bands that they came from or were like influenced by ever were. Like you'd see them with like fucking Poison the Well and Every Time I Die, but they could also play with fucking Suicide File sure. and yep. Panic, yep. and it would make sense. And I think they're one of the few bands, especially at that time, that uh, that that could play, you know, be a headliner at Hellfest and a headliner at Posse Numbers in the same year. Yes. Yeah. When you look, I've, I pulled up their show, show list. Oh. When you look at the bands they played with, it was everyone. 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 Yeah. They yeah. play with everyone. They were just incredibly buzzy and didn't say no. You and didn't mean? say it's no cool. and said yes. And that doesn't just mean not saying no to like big shit. It's also like, yo, they, they played shows. All right, here's here's a good example. They play the Bane Death by Stereo Adamantium tour. Remember that? Yeah. And then less than a week, uh, a month later, they play the Kill Your Idols Life's Halt No Reply show. Right. Which is another tour. And those two things are worlds that you wouldn't put as crossing i booked them in brick with right brigade last in line a poor excuse anything goes fit for abuse and down in flames you mm. know what i mean like and that was me and jay pepito booking that show so wow. shout out jay and then um, in 01 i think it's 01 july 01 or july mm-hmm. 02 no it might have been 01 they played like cbs it was like their record release show for a killer idol it was killer idols an mpb uh-huh. down in flames that sounds dead right because i'm Pretty sure I was. There. It was July eighteen, maybe two thousand one, and that's and that's two thousand one, right? I believe so because I believe it was before our record came out. Something like that. Yeah, let's see this. July. Oh, July. Duh, July. Yeah, here we go. I think it was down in flames because I traded records with Pete, either Pete yeah. or John. Yes, here it is. It's somewhere right in here. It's July nineteenth. CBGB's Killer Idols AN MPB Down in Flames Revolution Summer. Shout out Revolution Summer from I New Jersey. I actually kind of dug them. They were okay. They, yeah, were, they were pretty, pretty cool. They a bunch exact- of weirdos from New Jersey, ex-purpose. Yeah. Ah, they were cool. So you guys, have I didn't realize they were on that. Memories, Me neither. Um, but so this I was off show by a list, day. not bad. This show list is fucking wild. I don't know who put it together. That's pretty sick. It's wild, but you can really look at the history. They're a band who grinded. That's when their their L- was their LP out. It was out soon thereafter. If not, yeah. they in the course of 
the beginning of 2000 by to the middle of 2001, they did demo, 7-inch, seven 7-inch seven LP. Yeah. Okay. So we, we've talked about before, there's no understating their impact. Nope. Huge. No overstating. No overstating. And yeah, there's no understatement from, our, from us Do, as a group. I don't like this band and I can't take a thing away from them. Right. You know what I mean? And did you read Super Gods? It's, no. It's a Grant Morrison book. Book. No, uh, I didn't. About I yeah. the, it's sort of his story, but it's largely just about superheroes, right? And it's funny that I'm reading it right now as we did this because yes. he is he is tasked with... He can't avoid talking about Alan Moore and Watchmen. Can't avoid it, right? Right. You couldn't talk about superheroes without addressing it. But him and Alan Moore have beef. Yes, and, very and, serious beef. And he... He never liked Alan Moore's output, if you believe him, right? Which is possible. It's not exactly... It's, it doesn't make sense, but it's possible, yes. So it's fascinating that he is... Um, throughout the book, and he goes, he goes a little too... He takes shots, right? And, yeah. And he doesn't need to take shots because Morrison is great, Moore is great. We don't need to take shots. But I was thinking about it as I was doing this exercise because... How do I talk about something that I don't like? This isn't a rival. He doesn't. No. I don't even know if he knows who I am. But it, but it, talking about a thing I don't like, but can't take a thing away from what it did or what it is. Right. You know what I mean? And that's like an interesting position to be in, where you are. You can't. I couldn't determine what makes this good. If you if if I tried, I couldn't. Maybe that's a good place to start. Like you couldn't point out where people, what people see. Why? No, that's different. I can understand the zeitgeist. Right. I can. I don't understand why. Like if how somebody, it gets to that point of zeitgeist. If somebody asked me, like, "Hey, do you see the appeal?" I'd say, for someone that's not me, I see the appeal very strongly. Okay. Yeah. And if you said, "Is it good?" I'd say, "Not remotely." So here's my question for you. Let's let's do it. What is the appeal to someone who's not you? So uh, this came in, uh, th- this entered, th- that self-involvement, the lyrical uh, sort of anal gazing, uh, it is... Is it navel gazing or this anal? This is anal gazing. This goes one step past it. He's, and, yeah, yeah. So, so, so again, he's not taking anything away. Not taking a thing away. I, Just stra- being harsh. Straight up, I got a lot of respect for <laughs> for uh, Wes. I got yes, a, a, okay. fucking Good. not taking me okay. not liking his work, dumb mean a fucking thing about what Which this man is has accomplished. Which is the point. Largely, we talk about this a lot. You should be able to talk about music, whether you like it or not, and you, it doesn't take away f- your respect for the artist. I mean, again. I can't hold his balls. He's right. accomplished a great deal. You know what I mean? So I'm not taking a thing away. So aggregators, when you pull out quotes yeah. from this podcast, yeah, there you go. Pull I the can't I can't West hold his balls, balls. Yeah. Right. before so, you get to the anal gazing. So, so all right, now so continue. Here's the, deal. Um, the thing I hate about it is what makes it hot. Uh, coming off of a uh, ten yard fight. Uh-huh. Which is ridiculous and uh, self-referential and knowingly silly. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? This was self-serious in a way that appealed to a kid that maybe um, maybe they like the uh, 18 Visions. I'm sad. This is hardcore about my breakup. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. 
they don't like this. They don't like 18 Visions musically, nor do they like the aesthetic, nor do, but they the, look, there needs to be hardcore music about your breakup. That okay. that's what AN proves. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the same way that there needs to be hardcore music about the deforestation of the Amazon, there needs to be hardcore music about your breakup. Mm. And at this time, there was not a good amount of hardcore music about your breakup. True. Who, who pre AN, Tom, see if you can answer this first. Who what is the hardcore band that you would most associate with music about a breakup prior to AN? Uh, um this is a tough question. I, I would probably first thing in my head, Unbroken. Oh, I thought you were going to say Descendants. I, I, yeah, sh- I, I wouldn't have. Yeah, yeah, like they're more in the pop punk realm yeah. to me. But like they're in the world, I guess Descendants. But is there a more hardcore? I guess Unbroken. Yeah. yeah. Unbroken first thing that pops in my head. Okay. Like Life of Regret is all about. Yeah. Yeah. Break up. Up. I mean, I would okay. think. Who were you thinking? I didn't. Oh, I thought you were like. Have oh, okay. No, I didn't even have anything. I mean, other bands like I can't think of like specific '80s stuff. Like, there's songs, but nothing that's songs overt. For sure. You yeah. know, same. Yeah, I was gonna say even like in the '90s. Like, you know, I'm sure like every band had a couple of breakup songs, but yeah. it wasn't like their entire aesthetic. Right. Right. Just, I mean, to not like again. I can't hold the guy's balls either. Mm. Indecision. If you if you if you ask somebody, like they're like the anti God band. We have like two songs about anti. Sure. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. We have a ton of breakup oh, yeah. songs. No one ever talks about those. No. They talk about no. like the fuck. Like we break. Like same thing with this. Like how that became like we're the anti Christian fucking atheists. This became the breakup band. Right. Even yeah, though right. I'm sure some not all of them are no, about breakups. No, 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 no. There's a lot of songs that are about like. Fights and like yeah. childhood. And it's shit, all you know? interpersonal, but but right. the, the uh, so there's a poetry to it that lends itself to the breakup songs yeah. more so than you would to the and more visceral stuff. What I find funny, like with your take though, mm-hmm. not that it's wrong, but for such a blacklisted stand, I know there's yeah, such no. a through line. There's as much of a through line between it's, AN and blacklisted the, as any other band. When I was Especially, announcing I'm a hypocrite, yeah. I was thinking yeah. of blacklisted because yeah. it's like you know. Biographical lyrics that are like to the point, like you know, like Wes has parts of it, like when he like he talks about his birthday. Yeah, like you, I know that he's born in February '79 because uh-huh. he writes it. There's a lyric yeah. about it. Like George has stuff like that. I could, I could almost tell you where he lived. Yeah, because I, I, it's but, so like on but, the nose. But I've yeah. said George dances on a knife edge, and that's what makes George interesting. So what you know what I mean? So that's my question for you. If Blacklisted came out in 2000, I might have been against it. It's totally right, possible. I think so. I think there's a, but you might not also because yeah. totally. there's a, there's a slight more, is Wes warrior poet? No, 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 no. no, no. I mean, yo, on, but, on the low, like, he fucks some dudes up. You know, what uh, I mean, if that's what we're. I saying. don't even know if it's on the low. Yeah, like, you know yo, I mean? like that no, that's dude, pretty well known. Okay, yeah, that so dude, that dude. He is a poet for sure, and he also, uh, you know, he can also fuck somebody up. I've watched him fuck some people up. So, uh, so, I, I'm, I'm not. Is he a warrior poet technically? Yes. Is it, but but in the same way, I think we've described George in that way, yes. and that's not. I think some people might use that as a pejorative. We're not. I typically do. Yeah, and I'm not. <laughs> what do we like? When I think of warrior poet, I think of some guy in like the East Village being like, and people Rollins. like snap. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think Rollins. you don't. Rollins not hard. I mean, I don't know. Rollins. Do you think Rollins, he's fake? He could at least bench me. Let's give him that. Yeah, but that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I can bench you. <laughs> no, Rollins. Rollins uh, had the confrontational streak where it's like. Oh look! Here's this interview, and there's a 15 year old, and Rollins is trying to scare him. 
But the fifteen-year-old's just chilling, not flinching. Yeah. Right. Like you, you don't know. hear the stories of like you know, like the Mike Muir stories or the fucking Roger and you know, like you don't hear those stories about Rollins. No, Rollins like like oh, he got a couple sp- people right. with uh, with the mic, right. and that's it. And you he know? got spit on a lot. Yeah. yeah. Like do you hear other stories like oh yeah, like Mike Muir, like all the other old school dudes are like fucking bad dudes. Yeah, I, I think it's a different level. Yeah. Yeah. So warrior poet. The warrior poet. I think of this. The warrior poet thing. <laughs> I mean, that's People, good too. Instead of clapping. Warrior poet thing is typically a turnoff for me. I don't put Wes in that category. No, uh, no, no. Wes was... The fact that he might have gotten in some fights in his life, I don't think it's relevant to the fact that no. this dude had the had a look. Uh, if I enumerate the things that make his look, it sounds like I'm I'm too in this man's look. Yeah. Right? If I start talking about his Well, because it's so his, hard. It's so fucking shitty. I, I don't know if there's a single... Other band time, etc., that gets talked about as much as this dude and this dude's look. Like, yo, people were aping uh, Greg from Mentals look. People sure. were aping the youth crew looks at various different points. Sure, people were vi- were aping the new age looks in the early nineties. Big everything. There's a couple motherfuckers who look a lot like Pat Flynn to me. Sure. You know? Well, he's the only thing is he leans into a real nice generic thing. Now there are people who I'm sure are taking their cues from him. I mean, he go from the vineyard to the stage. In yes, those, like, yeah, for sure. It is like sweat, to the stage. but he wouldn't be drinking. I'm no. thinking about those fucking vines, vineyard vines, shirts, and all that. Right, like, like you could be like, clothing. you know, oh. I just play in front of ten thousand people. I'm taking my wife for a nice dinner, right? And he didn't have to change, yeah, because he's got a collar shirt on, a Harvard sweat, like, yeah, you look and you know, nice, nice shorts. I mean, it is a look. It's yeah. a look. It's a clean well, it's, cut, like it's Goodwill Hunting. It's what it is. It's post. It's the post youth crew look. Sure. It's a post. It's it's, it's a post doctoral youth crew. Yeah, clean cut. It's, it's it's been it's tried and true. So credit to them. But I mean. Even more modern, I think there's bands and people who have a look that people ape. So, but Did it was so powerful. The West thing, it literally felt like just swept over a whole generation of people, changed yeah. the way they looked. And play, how they played hardcore. And well, the music, that's the part. I, I'm oh, happy yeah, to talk about yeah. the music. But, like, but the look, of course. Look, yeah, like, I mean, like. Everyone had fucking diesel jeans and fucking. Like, yeah, it costs a lot of money to look shitty. And Jesus, yes. But, but can we. So when I say that this band captured the zeitgeist in a way that that I understand, did they capture it? Did they create it? They might have. Sure, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm like, good with either one, yeah. I, it's I, hard to like kind of parse that out though. To be like, is. did they just happen to come around at the right time, or it's like, or they just like yeah. they could have been, been around three years earlier and still done the same. I think it's two. I think it's twofold. I think had yeah. they come around three years earlier, maybe not, but they. They they would have made themselves a space. They would have carved out a niche for sure because they were almost undeniable live. Like I think everyone came to them, almost. and the records yeah. were good. I think they also came at a time when straightforward posy numbers style hardcore was low. It was low. Mm. Like yeah, there. I mean, I, I'll, right, I was fights. Ten year fights broken up. In my eyes, broken up. Floor right. punch broken up. Right. That whole world right, right, right. is in transition. The only band that I was excited about was Riper Brigade. I was fucking crawling through the gutters looking for stuff sure. to like. like that, right? Sure, and like anything, you know. And the more metallic stuff was big and growing. The saves the day stuff had just started taking off. Yeah, and if sure. you guys remember, it wasn't just saves the day. The fast break record comes out, and that's pop punk. Uh, Fairweather. I mean, what are some of the other EVR there was like core, yeah. EVR stuff? So, so then An comes out, and 
not only do they have an undeniable live thing and their own look and sound, but they come out when there's kind of a dirge. Like the thrashcore stuff was popping too. Yeah. Like, but there was nothing in this space, so they just were like, they were creating their own space and also filled one at the same time. Sure. Yes. And for the sake of keeping this positive, I'll give it to them that they created a lot here. You know what I mean? Like, I, oh, it does, yeah. I won't even try to parse it. I'll just say they created the Zeitgeist. I think right they essentially... They didn't totally create modern hardcore, but they were a large influence. I think yeah. it, if you put between them, Bane, mm -hmm. and maybe I'm missing one or two others. Modern Life is War. Modern Life is War is post-American Nightmare to me. I don't think they exist in the same way without AN. Really? Yeah, 2003 See, is AN. To, me, Life is to War. me, the link there is the aesthetic, not the music, because let's talk about background music now. All right, Are well, so let's, let's dive in to the music okay. and... Background music. You can give your take. This is Youth Crew. I was yelling at the speakers during the song. Let's see. Poop, uh, poop, It was uh, on the first record on background yeah. music. There was uh, there is a song about my postmark my compass. Yes, that is straight up Youth Crew. North, east, south, and west. I'm yelling at the. At, I'm to me. These drums are unmistakably youth crew. And the this is Who plays drums on this record? I think it's Jared. I don't want to uh, low rate anybody's musicianship. That's not what this is about. This is about a stylistic uh, thing going on here, which is to my ear, this is if you took trust kill vocals and applied them to uh, uh, in my eyes, uh, apply uh, apply them to Riper Gate. Apply uh, uh, this is it was Jared Alexander. It was Jared Alexander, yeah. and I think Jared Alexander was the drummer for Better Than a Thousand. So yeah, like sure. a lot of that makes, was and he's, he? I believe so. He was in like Death by Stereo. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a stuff. super talented. Yeah. Super. All right, here's my pushback against it. Mm. It is there's too much Unbroken in it. There's too much modern stuff that wouldn't apply even to the In My Eyes level of modern hardcore. Now. You, I defer um, to you on youth crew. Yes, you but, should. But, but to me, this is pure youth crew. But so I don't hear any unbroken. I see unbroken. I don't. I don't hear you it. You don't at all. hear it in some of the guitar all. stuff. It's Man, just his I, voice. I hear it in the guitar stuff all over the place, especially on background music. The fourth song where it gets kind of ballady mm -hmm. and really melodic. I, it's, it's, it's not. So, so to me, the only place that this band distinguishes itself Shop is to go down. Yes. Vocal, vocally, lyrically, and then uh, also. They do throw in their clever guitar parts are never the meat of the song. It's always the bridge. It's always it, it, that's well. If the, you're looking at the meat and the potatoes, they're using the same kind of revelation in my eyes, mm -hmm. etc. Background, yeah. which makes a lot of sense given where they're coming from. However, what you're equating the youth crew isn't right because they have lots of buildups that are could be youth crew, but could be a lot of other things, and started twisting that to what we're hearing now. Like when we talk about bands like Outbreak, like Trash Talk, like music that's written for live reaction. Sure. I think yeah. Postmark Your Compass is a great example because if you listen to that song, there's a vocal part over it. If you take away the talking vocal part, the northeast, south, and west, mm -hmm. your lips were the softest yet, you take that off. Just listen to the music on that part. It's not going anywhere. And you don't hear that in youth crew stuff almost ever. Oh, well, And I so that's the part is there's all these crescendos and more dramatic stuff going on 
which is almost where I'm like, oh, th- if you wanted to say they take youth crew and then Just right. distort it, yeah. I'd go, yeah, you're right. Because they have a lot of fringes. They have a lot of... <sighs> it's almost like if you said, hey, Hydrahead fans, mm-hmm. we need you to write a youth crew record that's oh, more I, aggressive. I don't, I don't hear that on this record. Uh, on uh, Maybe the next record we can talk yeah. about that. This record... To me is and now don't get me wrong. There mm-hmm. is a I was going to say bog standard. That's obviously not true. This was revolutionary at the time. It's not what I sure, mean. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, what I mean is there is a filter mm-hmm. of thousand bands that have attempted this style since, and, and it can be hard to sure. wade through that to get to the origin and say and that's how do a I piece. feel about this. That's the part I think has to be noted is that background music on a lot of levels is a kickoff point. I think it was. Many people's introduction to the band, which is funny to say for somebody who was in at seven inch, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that makes sense, right? Big, doing big tours and fire, it was EVR, EVR versus Bridge Nine. Bridge Nine was no small no. dog at the time, but, but they were inches. just starting off. Bridge yeah. Nine, ju- they launched Bridge Nine in all for sure meaningful conversation. The sound on this record, compared to the seven inches, it's faster. The so- faster songs are faster. The See, I think the opposite. The faster song? You think the faster song? Well, the faster songs are faster. The, the re-recorded, re-recorded songs are slower. You somehow. think so? I feel like it is. I couldn't say. No, I think the I sun. The sun is actually f- like to me a beat faster. I think there's a different drummer on it than yeah. on the, the seven-inch recording. Um, They've gone through a lot of members. Yes, they did. It's pretty much been Tim and Wet, Tim West, and and uh, Brian Masick, yeah, and then and different people. So yeah. and now it's just Wes and Masick. So. Um, and Josh. Josh, there's there's members who start who start at or around background music who are still there. I'm pretty sure. Right, like but Josh. Yeah, and then Josh the, the guy currently is uh, the drummer is Alex Garcia. Yes, that's there's right. Been, like and Piebald or something. Yeah, and he was some. He was in the mix like, in at and some out point too. Kinda, too yeah. yeah. So, all right, musically, do you like this more than Seven Inches? I, I musically, I do. Yes, it's not as kind of to me. It's not as in your face. Yes. And like I feel like the seven inches sounds so like desperate. I agree like, with that. I'm like you know like this is way more like pro. Yeah, the, the seven inches are just kind of like I listen to them now and get fucking stoked. That's the, this is a good question because I wrote down the question: Is this better than the seven inches? And I think I asked you, do you like this more than the seven inches? So let me ask you those two questions again: Do you like this more than the seven inches? Maybe not. No, probably not. But do you think this is better than the seven inches? Yes, maybe. Yeah, and I songwriting's better. Like songs yeah. like AM, PM, and fucking you know, like those songs are great. The great first three songs on songs. this record come out of the gate flying. Right, super aggressive. Um, AM, PM's a great song. Uh, I think, and then they get more structural. Even in the new songs, this is a eleven song LP, twenty three minutes, mm-hmm. pretty concise. Three re recorded songs from the seven inches, so eight new songs. That almost formulaic, I feel like that's a good fucking recipe. Sure. If you're writing an LP and you want to have some some familiarity, like, yo, not a bad idea to sprinkle in We've talked about a it. Couple at, songs. at this time, it made more sense than it does today. Some long songs on here. What's Looking the longest? At it now? 305? AM, AM, PM is 305, which is yep. pretty long. Yep. What's the first song? Is two we are, 238. Yep. Um, but, but the, then there's also I Saved Latin is 22, 22 seconds. seconds, which is the blaster. Yeah, your arson. Like they're all in like but hearts is one. I mean hearts. Hearts on the seven inch is way better than honestly on the LP. I think. 
Maybe. I think Farewell. Okay, we'll get to it. But I actually, one thing I'd like, if you go look at this track listing, diverse song lengths. Yep. And that also plays into We're Down to Your Underground. Mm -hmm. The record feels really thought out. I think it's more melodic than Seven Inches. Yep. You know? um, Great. The artwork is cool as shit. The the non-Seven Inch songs are more developed. Mm Mm-hmm. Less blasting, less blasting energy, less exclusively blasting energy. The two seven inches still feel like just f- fucking explosions. You know yes, I mean? like so fast, I think. Like, right. And, and like just thrashy like, almost. Yeah, and energy's pumping. This gets to my second question. I don't know if I'd love to have you on this, but mm. the LP felt like it was a convenient jumping off point for some people. Not everyone, but the seven inches I felt like. Jumping I, off in a bad way. Jumping like, off like I'm, I'm off out. the bandwagon. I'm out. I'm out. Right, right. Because the seven inches almost felt at least the first one, second one was pretty quick in and out. But seven inches almost felt universally like if people didn't like them, they at least were like, "Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that band's good." Yeah, I feel like like the, I knew tons of thrash kids who that were, like, were down yeah, for the first first yeah. couple, but then by the LP they were able to go, "Eh, I'm out." Yeah, I mean, I could see it because I think this people like of that ilk probably saw this as them pandering. To the trust kill crowd. Well, now is my question to off of it. Is it a is it? Do you see the logic of a sonic drop off or, or a sonic drop out? Like somebody jumping off because it's like, and eh, musically they're going in a direction that from the seven inches I'm just not with. Or do you think it was just convenient and being like, oh, this band's getting big? And I think uh, it was more convenient. I don't yeah. think the music is just, it's better written, but it's like you, if you're a hardcore kid and you listen to fucking We Are, you can't be like, hmm, I don't. You know, yeah, just because they have if couples, you like they have before. a couple parts to the song, right? As opposed to just, just thirty-eight two parts. parts. Yeah, it's also by this time what the band was had become clear, and if that wasn't in your lane, you right. had a reason to dismiss it. Correct. Whereas earlier, yeah. maybe the same things we're applauding them for, yes. which was playing every show with yeah. anybody. Now it's starting to come into focus. Oh, okay, maybe. Well, once you see who overwhelmingly likes the thing, if you don't like those people and you're a kid, you say, oh, that shit is lame. Even though to your ear it might be great, but as a kid you're thinking, everybody that I don't like at shows loves this. I hate this. For you, definitely for you. Yeah. Would you say if you had to pick, were they more of a Hellfest band or a Posse Numbers band? I think they're closer to Hellfest than you would imagine. Okay, so I associate them more with Posse Numbers because they played it. Did they play Hellfest? Yes. Okay. And yes. they played so, Hellfest. So, so it's on the it's on the on the oh you're right the you're DVD right. when he gets in, Wes gets in a fight with the bouncers. You're right. And he, this song's called "My Mom Hits Harder Than You." That's literally <laughs> does every he song. say that? He literally every song he called. This is called "My Mom Hits Harder Than You." That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Good prank. So, I love that. Uh, I think. Posi numbers, but I think it. See, this is this sounds negative. Hellfest this sounds big, negative. is no, a bigger no. in. It sounds to me. I associate it with posi numbers, but running a scam, getting in under the wire of posi numbers, so that posi number kids were in, even though this was a Hellfest band. To that's build, my, that's okay. My, <laughs> yeah, the, the, my answer is fifty fifty because they're dudes from the posi numbers world who went and made a band for Hellfest. Okay, I'll go with that. Makes sense. Yeah, and I'm not making. I'm not even saying that's a diss. No, they saw a broader. They I no, they played every fast. shows. They played every fucking show. Yeah. Look at all the shows. They played whatever, and it was cool. And if anything, they 
because I'll flip that and say, I bet they opened up more kids at Hellfest to posi numbers bands than they opened up kids at posi numbers to yes, Hellfest. One hundred percent true. Yeah. So and Hellfest like, was just bigger. Hellfest was a lot bigger. Thousands bigger of audience. kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. do you think it was calculated? No. Um, that level, no. By the time they started doing tours, I think calculated can be a negative word. We're not going to use it as a no, negative. No, no. It was thought out yeah. once they hit a certain point. Like, oh, should we go do a tour with this band because we like them? Or should we do it go open for right. that band because they're bigger than us and we'll play to more people? Let's do that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's... But I mean, I, I, I think like their whole like aesthetic and like what they were going for, I think that's just what they were going for and it just happened to hit. Yes. I don't think it was... It was not... The, their aesthetic was not pandering. Their aesthetic was... Uh, creative, um, something, them trying to do their own thing. Got it. And I mean, a lot of that, like, we should give credit to Linus. Um, I was going to say that. Who, His artwork who is... did He is synonymous with it, and I don't know if he gets the credit for it, but he was doing a lot of that So with guidance from the band, but also basically like, hey, man, we trust your style. I have a tattooed on me, for Christ's sake. Interesting yep. thing about Linus's work. He w- was given a lot of credit, and now that this has just become iconic... Yeah. People seem to have forgotten that he did it. You Yo, know, like know, him which, and Derek Hess is just kind of like so interesting. They were to me. so big at the like, but yeah. Linus is should be given so much more credit because he defined an aesthetic uh, for An and a lot of that time period. Yes, you know, and there's a few sure. other people through time that have been sort of lost artists. Maybe we'll talk about that because I'd like to do a whole episode about artists sure. we like in hardcore, like visual artists. But it was funny. Like he was so kind of um, part of. The an aesthetic that anyone who followed up with them was like, come on, man. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's like it was like so kind of intrinsic to their their whole thing, like their whole thing that like you know, Count Me Out comes along and has a shirt that Linus does, and it's like, yeah, yeah, you can't do it. Oh, it's like, oh, these are his homies. Like, I'm right, 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 right. But I mean, there's no like it was so kind of like part of their their thing that like no one else could use it without looking like they're copying. So. Linus deserves all the credit we're giving him, but we've talked about my favorite piece of Linus art. No. The Iron Age record. Oh, the the um, Constant Struggle. Constant Struggle. Yeah, yeah. I think it is an underrated, awesome piece of hardcore. Yeah, it's great. It's it's like it's perfect for that record. Perfect. All right, so this is a great. This is a future episode. We'll do our visual artist one Mm. because I guarantee there's people out there who didn't know. The yes. same dude who did yes. Constant Struggle did the fucking A.N. Angel right. and a bunch of their records. And by the way, he didn't do the background music cover. Jake, Jake did. did yeah. and right. Big shout outs to Jake Bannon for doing that. That's was almost instantly iconic and memorable. And if you just see it, you know exactly what it is. You know. So real quick, this is a heavy, big topic. Yeah. Is hardcore, uh, are there any iconic designers of the moment? Right now, oh, hold on. Yes, yeah. Who do we got? I mean, yes. I can only think of one, and we're uh, you and I are probably going to say the same one. Maybe not. Uh, I think Contino. Well, right? so, yeah, that's what I was so, okay. So, yeah. so, and I don't want to. I'm not trying to low rate anybody else. Who else is in in that realm right now? Oh, which isn't to say people aren't doing good work. Just so to make myself clear to our, but listeners. just kind of like, but somebody. Well, that, you know what? Who have visual like name recognition that's what akin I'm, I guess to that's what, what I'm I'm not people have had? You know, so like Derek and Derek, Hassan, Derek Mike, or Linus, Linus or uh, the kid from Philly, Mike. 
You know who I'm talking about. The, the kid that did everybody's uh, illustrated yep, uh, work, yep. like shark attacks. Yeah, stuff well, yeah, that. and he did thick lines. Yeah, yeah, that dude had a little run. Right now, I, you got to give me time. No, with the name recognition. I don't think Contino has the name recognition that people, because everyone knows that incendiary thing. A lot of people know a lot of his other work, but wouldn't know right. his I mean, name, which they should. Because it's not his main fucking deal. Correct. He's more famous in fucking mainstream society than he is in hardcore. Yeah, but, great job on those White Sox alternate unis. Yeah, you're John. fucking kidding me. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking decision. Fucking send your fuck suburban scum. You did to the Chicago White Sox fucking uniform. But, but would this one of those t- topics, would hardcore quote unquote be doing better? And we all acknowledge hardcore is doing pretty good right now in our view, whatever. But yeah. would it be doing better if it had a big moment you're the visual guy around here yeah. a big iconic visual moment it always does it always does when I it has those right now we don't have one no but when it does mm. it's really nice when yes. people have that acknowledgement so i think it's more about acknowledgement think about the biggest else. bands going now do you have anything that you associate with so them? code orange if we count code orange uh, uh, code orange but that's a color scheme it's yeah, a color scheme and it's stark and it's, photos they're logo heavy you know what i mean they do work a logo into a lot but their logo is basically a font that's no no it's about the little tiger head yeah oh, but so many people well, again, use that tiger a, head and that's right. that's or a something adjacent was that custom made for them or was it a, a modified it's, right it kind of falls in that tattoo i know, uh, and there's yeah but i mean if you think about like when you think of turnstile, do you think of anything? No, and that's kind of I didn't want to. I think of a disco ra- ball. It's not they low moved, rating, and they they moved. moved their aesthetic along from the kind of like Keith Haring neon yeah. stuff yeah. to something else, and because the, the Keith Haring thing wasn't theirs necessarily. Right. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm just Me saying neither. like there's nothing like you can think when you think of like Converge, you think of Jane Doe. Yeah. You think of you know whoever you have like something in mind. Like I feel like all these. Popular, like very popular bands. I don't think of, I, I don't no. think of a, a a particular design for Knocked Loose. Right, or even no. Power Trip and Power Trip has Power Trip has their logo, which art. is very memorable. Yes. Yeah. Um, if you knock out the letters, you'd be able to pick out what that Power Trip That's logo true. is. Right. However, if I put the P up there, you would know. However, their albums, it's more that metal style where it's like, oh, these are really cool, intricate. Yeah. I mean, and we've talked about albums we really like. We love the Zabalba records; those look incredible. Beautiful. Yeah, but. But like that iconography, just an aesthetic or like, I don't know who did either of the Power Trip album art. Right. And so that's part of it is having a name attached to it going, I really like this stuff that this person does. For me, um, it's just so interesting that it's basically there's so many people doing stuff that there's not one person dominating it. And it's, it's the argument of pro sports. Is is, is parody better yeah. than dominance? And it's like, well, kind of, but man, the ratings are down when anyone can win. Uh, when there's a juggernaut and everyone's either rooting for the juggernaut or rooting for the juggernaut to fall, it's pretty good. And I don't want everybody to jump on a thing. You no, know I mean? no, no, so, no. So I want everybody to do their own thing, but I do like, in looking back on it as a historical idea, I like the, oh, wasn't that a time? Can't we right. see that? That's but here's my thing. Has photography taken the place of art? Oh. Like artwork. Oh. Because there's more notable photographers? Yeah, I mean, like, Angela Owens is a thing. Mm. Like, she's a name brand. That, like, 2001, 2002, was there a name brand person that, like, you saw a photo anywhere and you'd be like, that's Angela. Or not that's, style. No. no, no, not on the style. Like, you and I and... Probably Pat yeah. would have known the name Danielle Dombrowski. For correct. Sure. Yeah. And there's a few others that we would have known the name. Justin Baruch. No, of right. Course. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but, like, but not style. You're right about that. Like, like Angel's got an art or has a style to her photo. Right. Or like photographer is the new Derek Hess and yeah, Linus that, that and, could be. 
and that it's not. Be. I mean, it's hard to say. Um, um, so what's your you guys? Your feeling on this record is all positive. Mine is largely yeah. negative. Do we want to go into? Not yet. Okay. Last question. Is there a better full length that delivered on two very exciting EPs? This like feels in this like time frame or ever? In hardcore. Ever. Oh. Here's the deal. And, and some of it's time and place because I can't tell you if people were super hyped up when Out of Step came out versus the first two EPs. It's a nice follow-up. I, I love Out of Step, but it's a little different. The first two Earth Crisis EPs come out. Oh. In Gamora. Does, uh, no, no, no. Destroy, destroy the machine. Destroy the machine. That's comparable. That's about you, it. That's comparable. Okay, that's that's was my question. And think about a lot strife of strife had a couple EPs oh. and then into that. What can, wait, what, what in came this defiance the strife right? record? Before was the first they LP. They put out two seven inches. Yes, they put out gray. So it goes two Hard. seven inches. Gray. First LP, gray. Right. Second LP. Right, okay. but the first two seven inches were like kind of yeah. nobody yeah. cared. Nobody cared until they were off radar. One truth was like the thing that broke them. But and they weren't hype on. The and think about those other bands. Like every other band that you think of, they had one seven inch and then an LP. Well, right? that's the thing. For like the minor part. threat, two seven inches, then out G- of staff. like GB or one seven inch, sick of it all, yep. or you know whoever. Like, yeah, that's right. The Cromags didn't have a seven inch. They had now, an album. Now the second AN seven inch, it was it was an EP. It mm. was three songs plus a cover, two covers. If you get this the the CD. Two of those songs ended up on the LP. Right. It wasn't a promo. It was its own release. It was different recording, but y- they were building towards writing an LP. Right. So it is, but but you're right. There's very few where it's like, hey, there's two. I have a hard time thinking of how many bands delivered. Like so, that I think background music delivered pretty well. One hundred percent. Also, like the second CD, like if you got the the second EP on CD. And I think I feel like Bridge Nine was the only com- like record company that I ever saw do this, or only label. The little CD, mm. so like the CD itself was like a fucking. It was regular size, th- three inch, right. but it was like tethered to like this big plastic thing to make it fit like your CD player. So it's it, huh. it wasn't. So here's the deal: manufacturing notes. Yes, it's a regular CD, but the amount of information that's written on it is like a mini CD length. Yeah, so, so they did that just as a visual. Clear. There's a few, but you're it's right. Clear, Bridge like, Nine yeah. did that with a few of their EPs. The I panic feel like, like that. Ferret might have done that with some things. That might be. Maybe uh, Deathwish did it with something too. But yeah, uh, I actually really liked it. I thought it was fun. It was cool shit. Yeah, the Panic record was like that too. It had That's like right. the yeah. made for cool design. Yes. All right, so so it followed up. It followed the excitement me. was pretty big. Let's go now. Flash forward two full years. Yep. We're acting like that's crazy, though. I know. At the time, they put out three seven, two sevens in an LP in a year. Yeah, a and there's a year. lot of stuff that happens in between. But let's just start talking about "Give Up the Ghost." We're right. down till we're underground. Okay. Um, I enjoy this record more. Mm-hmm. I think it's by any standard more clever. Uh, however, not as many standout songs, and that sounds crazy that I'm saying. It's, you like it better. It's just not as... I like it better and it's more clever. However, uh, a lot of alliteration yeah. there. Uh, however, it, uh, I get how this could have been a disappointment for kids, even though to my ear, this is worlds ahead of... The like, right, record. where's the sing-alongs? Where are the mosh parts? Right. And Where I, are, yeah. And I, I do understand, but because I'm not a fan of that first record, this record is like on its way to being a breath of fresh air and... 
kind of the stuff that I find more interesting from Wes. I, I yeah. think musically, this is at least hinting at things that interest me, you know? So I think this is Wes. Them as a band, this is them being more comfortable. They're really yeah. comfortable in their skin. I think in the first, I don't know, 20 seconds of the song or whatever, the first actual song, Love American, Wes is, what's the line? In a world of sluts, we kept keep wet the wet dreams alive. Lot, yeah. Yo, you ain't writing that line unless you have confidence time the nth. You yeah, know what sure. I mean? Like, you're, you're feeling good. And feeling confrontational. The, the, yeah. This, this dude, uh, it was clear by the... Uh, you could make this assumption with background music, but it was clear by this time, and we know this by uh, his projects afterwards, that he was feeling confined by whatever hardcore had prescribed that he is. And he, I'm pretty sure some girls had already come out. Okay. Um, so he's already working on stuff like that. I think he's moving into... Exoskeletons? Yeah, it's a little later after this, but not much, like a year or two. So he's already doing different projects. Vocally, very different than background music. Yes. Is this... I think there was two parts. One, I think it was a conscious decision on a, hey, longevity. Like, I can't sing the way I sing on the first LP or those EPs and then go tour and sing like that. As was proven by the fact that they had at least yeah, a yeah, full tour with it, you know. Sure. So, um, and two, I think creatively they were doing something a little different. It's also just fun to do different. Like speaking Correct. as a guy that can, like my bark is terrible, so maybe I'm in a different position. His bark is pretty good, but like it's just more fun to throw something else in there. You know what I mean? Sure. And his voice is different, but it's still very uniquely his own. Like it's not like you hear it and go, "Who's this?" You know what I mean? Yeah, he's like got it, a different kind of phrasing and cadence that you know. Yeah. And it's 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 more akin to the difference between the vocals on Blood, Sweat, No Tears and Just Look Around. Sure. It's going, hey, this is LP2. Yeah. I know what I'm doing a little more. Maybe I'm doing a little thing different. Here we go. Sure. Yeah. We can make this work. Um, less memorable songs, maybe, but they're really great. Uh, you used a way to describe Fugazi as feeling distant yeah. at one point. Arm's length. I feel like this record feels a little more distant. I think intentionally, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think there's a lot going on. I think there's a lot more nuance to some of the uh, lyrical content and the songwriting, and there's a self-awareness of them and the band and their place and what had transpired. Like, if you told me a lot of this record was now the self-awareness of being in this band that had this fucking crazy moment, I wouldn't be surprised at all. It's, what it it's hard like not to, to be. Yeah. Right. I mean, you think about it, that's probably background music, and this is probably heresy to a lot of people, probably one of the most game-changing hardcore records ever. Anybody that denies it, it is a fool. Can, it, can anyone deny it now? Any Yo, you're 2,000% right. Like, in 2001, when the record came out, there was people who would be like, you're fucking crazy. This record won't mean shit. In 2005, there was people who were like, whatever, that was just a trend. In 2010, I think every hater had to start being like, eh. Like, over the, it's wrong. like, you know, like, you know minor now, threat, there's Jesus. fucking this. There's this, like, Firestorm, game changer. Yeah. Dude, and, and this is a game changer. Like, game changer. Uh, if you said to someone, yo, you just need five bands, minor threat, like, give yeah. a band who means the fucking minor threat, youth of today, earth crisis, American nightmare. Yeah. Uh, lyrically, I don't. So I don't hear, aside from bands that are attempting to be American Nightmare as a retro sort of thing. Yes. I don't hear 
a ton of background music in people's music right now. However, lyrically, I think this man has touched everything going. <laughs> everything. Oh, yo, if you read Trapped Under Ice lyrics and you don't see A.N., you're, you're foolish. You're fool. Yeah, you're fool. no, of you're course. Fool. Everything. Blacklisted. It's direct. Yes. They, they, he made it have heart. Sure. They, he, he made an impact in a way. I, 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 you know, I would love to talk to the dude at some point and be like, yo, you were confident enough to do it like this in a way that I think there were other people who maybe would have liked to write songs, sure. write lyrics like this, who couldn't yes. prior to you it, and now do. It also helps yeah. that he's good at it. You, you, you know what I mean? Like, it. It, yeah, he's it, a fucking... Yeah. I'm not Very saying, I'm not saying that it would be um, an easy... Ro- like, okay, so this hit, and we'll never know if it hit in large part because of his ability or if it just would have hit even if, it was, if he was a third as good. We'll never know. But... The fact that he was good at it is kind of a deciding factor for for it to be such a lasting influence, so, in my view. A.N. in general, and this record's a good example, but up to this point, we've talked about their success. They are a confluence. They're a fucking, you know, triangulation of talent, good songwriting, lyrical content that is supreme, in a top level live show in terms of energy because there's tons of people who would be like yo he sings one third of the words he didn't need to sing the other two thirds everyone else is doing it for him guys I'm the world's biggest hater I'm addressing everybody in the world now yeah I'm the world certainly not us because your eyes are closed I'm the world's biggest hater of this and that is I wouldn't even nitpick on that level of He's not singing all the parts. Well, that was that was a common refrain. That'll I know. sound right to people that yeah. young people who are hearing this are like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" I know, but that's like, whenever I would hear that, I'd be like, "I hate this, and I don't care about what you're yeah, saying." Who cares? You know Correct. what I mean? Like, yeah. what are you saying? Yes. Like, what was that? That's what we're reaching for in our I bag know. of critique here. But yeah. so they were supreme live band, uh, talented musicians who were writing really good songs. Yeah, and then a lyricist, a uh, 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 supreme lyrics that people were connecting to or at least really enjoying because to me, I've always really liked these lyrics. I don't relate to them. No. I find them deeply personal in a way that is just very different from me. And I actually like them and I find them intriguing and and attractive. Also, you like to see somebody do something well. Correct. And that's the piece is that, but I think there were people who really relate to these even though to me they're deeply personal. Yeah, and I don't. Uh, very few bands in my hardcore tenure has have gotten like such like visceral reactions at shows. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like there's people like, oh, I like to mosh. Like yeah. that's cool. This was like, I'm gonna fucking throw myself off something into something else because mm-hmm. this music makes me feel this way. Like them at a, like them at CBs and stuff. Like yes. it'd be like Boston road trip and like all their friends would come. Yeah, it was fucking insanity for twelve minutes. Yes. Yeah, that's correct. They played like 12 minutes. That's a fucking Shout out. game Shout changing out. move. Just play 12 minutes and make it crazy. Please, every band. Um, they, Visceral's the right way. An underrated factor too, they were a band who got kids who don't mosh or go off to mosh and go off. Sure. You couldn't help You know what I mean? If you yes. were into it, you're like, fuck. Because there's, yeah. every scene has their Chris from Central Mass mm-hmm. who's moshing for a lot of stuff because yeah. he likes the mosh. Sure. But then there's bands who it's like, oh, you got to go off. Yeah. So, you know, 
Props for that. Uh, yeah. A, a singular band in a lot of respects. Uh, do we think that the... Do we think in the final analysis, years after it came out... Yes. We're down till we're underground, which was... Uh, I think we can speak in generalities mm-hmm. a disappointment, right? I don't know. I didn't know anybody that... I, the only people that liked this were the contrarians at the time. So, because of my placement, here's, here's where I have a hard time, and Tom, maybe you can help too here. Yeah. I never saw them after this record came out. Uh, Part of that was I was on the West Coast. Part of that is I think they stopped touring as much, and I think they were winding down. I enjoyed the record a lot. Yeah, that lawsuit really fucked them. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. I the think name like change lawsuit. Yep, the name change whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I should clarify that it was anything like. Yeah. Um, but I think that kind of like that was it. Like this record came out. It was kind of like it's out. Okay, like what the excitement wasn't there. Yep. Did you? So I saw them after this before this record came out. I guess. Yeah. And they opened maybe with one of these intros. Yes. And literally, Wes just stood at the front of the stage and glared at everybody for three yep. minutes. And I was like, "This." Is, I mean, he was doing the like Liam Gallagher thing, yeah. and no one really like knew at the time that it was like, "Oh, you're <laughs> just doing Liam Gallagher." Like that's awesome, but like he literally just stood like with his like you know arms behind his back, just like staring at everybody as they played this fucking like non-hardcore intro. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And we actually played. It was I think they played one show as American Nothing. Yes, they played yes, a few yes. shows. Oh, did they? We yeah. played with them, and yeah. I, I didn't buy the shirt. I was mm. like, I could, if I have a kid, I could put the kid through college now if I had this <laughs> fucking shirt. Printed the shirts, have one somewhere. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, it was AN, Blood for Blood, Terror, MPB, mm-hmm. and in Connecticut. And I was like, oh, that's weird. That's- like, less than five, maybe three shows as American Nothing. Weird. Because I, I think they were going to switch to American Nothing, but it was deemed too close. Is that what like happened? legally? Yeah, something like that. Mm. It was, or or it was just like a pain in the ass, and like, Ugh. and it sucks because "Give Up the Ghost" is actually a really good name. I, I'm, I think it's okay. I don't feel as strongly about it as the people that hated it, obviously, because I don't yeah. think "American Nightmare" is a great name. If you think of, like "American Nightmare" has become some so ingrained in your head, yeah. If you think about it, that band could have been on like the side stage at fucking Ozfest, correct? Because it's that a name? corny name, correct? Yeah. But well, they I mean, made it so fucking cool. Right. But Gorilla, it's like Gorilla Biscuit Syndrome. Uh, the gorilla. If you say Gorilla Biscuits, when you say the Gorilla Biscuits, it's like, oh, that's a terrible name. Right. I, my mom was here the other day, and she's like, Gorilla Biscuits. Yeah. She goes, I remember you cleaning those shirts, washing those shirts for you as a kid. <laughs> I go, yeah, it's it's a name for Quaaludes, and she's like, what? Yeah. She had no <laughs> idea. But like American Nightmare, it's like yeah. so. But like you're like sick American Dream, American Nightmare. Yeah, no, like this name. is fucking terrible. Like, so do you stupid. open for Spine Shank on the side stage? Right. Yes, this could be a dude with a, a lip piercing and a fucking uh, soul patch. Yeah, you know what I mean? But they just made it fucking cool. I would give up. The ghost was cool, but it was like too little too late. It was Also, done. the initialization, calling them AN. Great. Yeah. Those no sweatshirts. Are you kidding me? And yeah. when they did Gutgut, Gutgut, G-U-T-G, not great. Not as fun. But that, um, those AN fucking the hoodies with the actual like sewn. Thousands of them sold. Oh, my God. Yeah. Too. So this wasn't, this was meant to be an album to album, not a retrospective of the yeah. band. Hard to talk about. But them. yeah. Do we, th- where's the love for AN right now? If, if you're still there. I think it's I think there's there's not that heat that there has been. It's kind of up and down. Yeah. But I think it's sort of like uh, stock market style. It goes up and down, but over time you're seeing gains. Now, I mean, everyone who's seen them, who wants to see them, has seen them. Yes. Okay, that's probably true. 
I was I was driving at a, a, a philosophical thing that I'm going to go for two seconds. You ready? Uh, I prefer Earth Crisis over this, right? And sure. I still give a fuck about the things that Earth Crisis was singing about. Sure. However, whereas many people who were singing along to Earth Crisis no longer give a fuck about yeah, deforestation. Yeah, cigarettes and cheeseburgers. Uh, yes. Uh, that they're... Everybody who ever sang along at an AN show has gone through, has had the experience of and still feel these things, an interpersonal, whatever the fuck, right? And yeah. you were gonna say kerfuffle, just I go was. with it, and can and can grab apple, and can always relate to it on some level, even if it's not of the broken moment. hearts don't go away. Yeah, you can reference a time in your life that that you sure. felt that way. Yeah, and uh, I think in part that almost. Almost soul music, or if we wanted to say pop universality yeah. of, of uh, romantic loss, yeah. even though, again, we're speaking very broadly, there might be five songs in the right, whole catalog right, that are their, specifically yeah. about that. That's their, um, uh, yeah. But I think, it, I think that that's part of this band's resonance. You know what I mean? I think that that's yeah. part of why it's a continu- an, an ongoing and thing. And anyone for can like it. That's true. And I mean, that's, that's an interesting commentary about it, is that you're right. There's a universality, there's a timelessness to it. That that you know even yo the song no more by Youth of Today still resonates, but it almost feels quaint. Here's a qu- you well, know regarding so. that timelessness. Yeah, because we were all there mm-hmm. to see it. Um, it it feels now to me it feels better than its contemporaries that were attempting the same thing three weeks ago. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. No debate there. There's no contrarian in this room that's going to say that the yeah. third tier band no. was doing it better. Okay, good. Now, with that in mind, do you find it hard to put yourself in the, in the mind of, of a person who was not there and say, is this actually uh, timeless or, uh, or is it caught... In, in, in Amber. Am, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know the answer. I, I've had that. Well, because I was trying to ask myself that with the comparison between the two records. Mm. I think it's pretty clear to me background music is better than We're Down to Well Underground. But I kept, resi- kept going back to myself and asking, is it because I have so much nostalgia and attachment to this record right. and I enjoyed it at the time and all that? And I enjoyed We're Down to Well Underground when it came out too. I never saw them again. I was in a different place in my life. Da, 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 you know. But I think listening to the two objectively, I found background music was more instantly memorable, had more energy and a more consistent pace throughout. And I'd say that record still is a like, no, if you like hardcore music, you might, you don't definitely got to like it because you don't definitely got to like anything. Sure. But this is probably a record you should hear. Whereas we're down to we're underground is the the shovel dig where it's like, oh, did you like that record? Then now follow up with these. Yeah, honestly, that's an interesting point because me saying I prefer we're down till we're underground. Right. um, Doesn't. I still wouldn't reach for this record. So there's enough of the original DNA in it that it didn't win me over. Right. You you know what I mean? It didn't change the formula enough to go, oh, I like this milkshake. I just prefer it. And they were gone within a year of that record coming out. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Did you know what that last tour was? I did not know this. This is why you never Uh, saw them. I do. I... It was not something I was going to go see, so please, who was it with? It was Give Up the Ghost, Hot Rod Circuit, and New Found Glory. Yes. Yeah. I wasn't in line for that one. Which is... Feels... What year was that? 2004. 2004, yeah. Um, 
And they did a couple tours around there. That I was thinking there was one that was way more like swoosh hairy. Well, they did. The they did a tour with MPB, The Bled, and Daughters. Okay. All right. right. Yeah, that's not that crazy. So, uh, Tom, background music or We're Down to Underground? If I had to pick, oh, I would yeah. pick background music. But in re-listening to Down to Your Under, we're down to our underground. Love American is probably a top five AN song. I said top five, yeah. Like I, it's I a great it's fucking a great song. song, and it's it's fucking bold as a first song on a record. <sighs> great, and, and like, and that's real, what they were opening with mm-hmm. at the reunions and stuff, and it, it comes off yeah, like a fucking sure. million bucks. <laughs> it sure does well, you know. I think that background music starts stronger with "We Are." Uh, sun and yeah. PM. I think the flow of background music it, it kind of slows down, yeah. shoplifting, and and kind of comes back and has a couple. I actually might like the ending of uh, we're, we're down, down to underground better, except I don't really care for the intro and outro of the record. But this is yeah. farewell. Farewell's the hit. Might be the number one answer. It's the, really. I don't love it. I don't. But play. I'm. But I am. I am an outlier. It is the song. Interesting. You know what I, I mean? Was like bored by the end of the record. I was like, oh, I'm good. It's they did. It's the last song with the first seven inch. Yep. It was like the hit from day one. Okay. Um, right. The length on we're down. Thirteen songs, thirty one minutes. Okay. Background music, eleven songs, twenty three minutes. However, take out the intro and outro. We're down. Eleven songs, twenty five minutes. Similar formula. Can I wow. have that instead? Song lengths. Um, nice mix. What's the? Let me see. You got the track yeah. listed real quick. Yeah. Um, Since always is a great song. We killed it. Is awesome. Yeah. And it's a three minute and fifteen second song. There's some really great songs on We're Down to We're Underground. And I don't. Yo, I, I guess I'd be surprised because there were people who went and listened to Trapped Under Ice who hadn't really dove into it. Give both these records a listen. Yes. Yeah, you for know, sure. I think it's. I'm it's curious to see what people think. Like that didn't weren't around then or didn't listen yes. to them then. That's, I'm fascinated by to fascinated. kind of be like. I bet you a lot of people are like. Oh no, that second record's better. But like, at the time, people were like, "Fuck." Yo, I bet if you're 25 year old, might 100 percent just automatically assume the second record is better. Second record is brighter, artwork, vocally, <sighs> musically. He, he's doing more stuff. They're way more comfortable. Yeah. <sighs> but the energy, and that's the part I can't separate. Right. And you I were try. There for it. I yeah. can't separate how visceral the reaction. You used that word before, yeah. and it's perfect. The reaction for those songs was live, and how much energy it came off, and the record reflected that. Right. You got I, picked up by that wave. There's no way you never. You're not going to be able to. I forget feel that. like I saw them play shows where they almost played background music front to back. Uh-huh. Um, and it yeah, just I mean, played. It, makes... it just fucking rolled. Like it. Yeah. It was. It. It really. For a band with so much energy, they weren't always super tight on stage, but they always put on a good show. In reality, and having seen them from the get, yep. they're better now than they were then as oh, a band. Oh, yeah. Like, they were a fucking I, hot I, mess. I have no doubt. In, like, 2002, they were great, yep. but it was mostly, like, no one's really paying attention, bro. Like, it was it's the just energy. fucking chaos. Yep. But, like, watching them when they're playing, you know, in front of 1,500 kids at Webster Hall, like, this is a fucking band, man. I, like, you can, they kill. I want to give them credit, because they, early on, Always wanted to have a gr- not good, great drummer. They wanted a great drummer. Yeah, because that's they knew they could hold this. To- if you have a great drummer, you can do whatever. You hold the fuck. it together. Right. You can be going crazy. Your fucking pedal can get smashed. You're still gonna be okay. So they, they pulled it yeah. off. Um, uh, so as as with the TUI records, we're recommending people listen to both. Yeah, uh, and give us feedback. We'd love to hear it. Uh, 
especially if this is your first time discovering it. Don't have to be young. can be whatever if you've never heard either of these. I mean, oh, people I'm certain around there's then. people that just, yeah. Like, yeah. Anne could have passed me by, literally, uh, had I not just seen them and then gone home and been like, do I really hate this? Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Like, I, I think that there's people that just... We think it's crazy that somebody... Uh, hit us on Twitter and was like, "Hey, thanks for introducing me to TUI." That's like sounds crazy, but they're so ubi- ubiquitous. Yeah, yeah, same but, thing with these but, dudes. Same thing. Same but the, thing. yeah, same thing. So if you haven't, uh, if you've only like casually heard An or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah, hit us with uh, your thoughts on a deep dive. Do you think? Last question. Do you think it's possible to be a lyricist writing punk hardcore music now? You know, you can without feeling some impact of this dude, of Wes. Uh, maybe unknowingly. Well, that's what I mean. Like, it could be second or third generation. Yeah, 100%. Removed. I feel like it's almost impossible at this point to not be have some influence from someone else. If you're not going back to the Ray Capo, fucking Walter Trifles days of lyrics, then you're ripping off Wes and you don't And know I it. even think some bands who think they're doing that are pulling a little bit in from that's, that. I, yeah. yes, yes. I think it's I, almost undeniable. I think that that's the lasting impact of this band because, again, in my view, the music didn't get creative until the very end. But uh, lyrically, from Jump, this was in a different Dude, place. Yeah. I should say, I, I really do musically think they took, we talked about In My Eyes, mm-hmm. changing the youth crew sound, yeah. and there was a long period where it was that. That's still the reference point for a significant amount of bands. I think that AN, with maybe two other bands, maybe really made modern hardcore what it is the bridge nine sound you know like it's almost undeniable because an impacted their peers yeah. immediately had so bands who were around at the same time as them or before their sounds curved like fucking magnetism to an sound and then there was a whole wake of bands who followed in that yeah. sound i mean if sure. you think about it like count me out fucking great band yep they definitely were impacted Yep. From what was what was first? One ten. One ten first, then permanent. And I like both those records. And there's a change. Yeah, there's striking a- distance. Great example. There's a change. Not yeah. not like it's radically different, but you can hear just a little thing here or there production. Yeah. Um, so major credit. Both records big. You don't necessarily need us to tell you that, but hopefully you had fun with this conversation. Yeah, let yeah. us know what you think. Um, yeah, I'd be curious to see, like, especially if you hadn't heard them before, what record hit you more? Please. I'm Thank really you, curious. everybody. Thank you. Peace. Bye. Wow. What a great episode. Wait a second. That was a fulfilling episode. I had a great time. Felt great. Yeah. When you said that one thing. Yeah. Mm. You might want to edit that. (laughs) Yeah, we'll have to check that. But right now, wait, is the episode over? No, no, no. We have something incredibly special for our listeners. We would like to welcome our friends who are out on tour right now with Hands of God and Drain from Santa Cruz, California, a lovely part of this terrible nation. Mm. Mm. Gulch. Gulch, live on Axe to Grind. Let's live go. Axe to Grind. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. I do like Chicago's. Get down! The Wrath of the Buzzer. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles. The Wrath of the Buzzard. P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. Hey, you. Do you have any plans this year? Ha! How's that going? Do you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman... 
And my good friends Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at 2020-D.com, SoundTalentMedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app. Well, hey, friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Uh, somebody high-five me. Here we go. This is how we do it. That's good. You want to do one, too? Just a couple. Just one. one. Welcome to Axe to Grind. My name's Bob, and joining us today is... Gulch. And members of Gulch, give me the names. We'll do roll call. All right, Elliot. Hi, I'm Sam. Tim. Cole. Christian. How are you guys doing out here? Christian, you know, you know the rules tonight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us. All the way, where would you say Gulch is from? You got to pick one spot. 40831. Oh, okay. Very good. <laughs> I could barely understand. 40831? Yeah. All right. So that's San Jose area code and Santa Cruz area code. We're in Belmar, New Jersey. You guys get the feel of it a little bit just by seeing it. Beach town, the whole thing. Could someone from Belmar move to San Jose and feel good? No. You, Tell us why You can't afford it <laughs> True <laughs> Very true You can't fucking afford it Okay Tell somebody from We'll say mm, Dead middle Kansas Manhattan, Kansas Why they should move to San Jose He's a badass I don't know We have a sick scene Punk, hardcore, all that stuff So If you're into that But other than that I mean It's just Street shit. I mean, yeah. Kansas is a totally different place for sure. I mean, you're not going to find the same kind of stuff, I guess. I don't no, know. that's true. That's a good answer. We have good Mexican food, obviously. Oh, yeah. fuck, yeah. Yeah, it's the best for sure, besides like L.A. I think Mexican food in California is a different thing than anywhere else. So, yes, that's a good reason. All right. One of the things that I really like about Gulch, and some of y'all are in a different band. I, they might play some other time. Who knows? Whatever. You guys really do have a diverse sound, and you, it seems like you guys like a lot of different stuff. Where does that come from? Why is that? Why does it seem like you guys have a real diverse set of musical influences when sometimes it seems like that stuff's kind of getting pigeoned off, like people are being more specialized instead of throwing it all in the blender and making something new? Well, it's crazy because um, Cole writes like 95% of the stuff. like. 98 right. percent. Um, well, you're just the rhythm guitar player. Yeah, right? I just play rhythm guitar. 
<laughs> uh, the, occa- the occasional skin flute. Like, okay. If, the, if that's possible. So but, he writes 98%. But yeah. the, the crazy thing is, is he doesn't listen to any metal. He okay. was, what's your favorite band? Dude, I love Angel Olsen. And Bonnie, Bonnie, Bonnie Vare. Bonnie Vare. Like, okay. it's, I think that's where like the sound comes from is because he doesn't listen to a whole lot of stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah. So I feel like it's just like a little different. I'll let him talk. Yeah, about dude, that's that. good. That was good. Okay, so like when we're with writing this stuff, what happened was with Gulch, like there's, there's all these hardcore bands and I love hardcore and I used to listen to a ton of hardcore. That was like, all I listened to, sure. but then I like kind of diversified and started listening to a lot of different types of music. But what happened was like, no one was playing the kind of stuff that I wanted to hear. Like there was things in a band that I wanted to hear with hardcore and like no one was doing it. And so I just started writing before it was even for Gulch. I just started writing this stuff that I wanted to hear. And so that's like where I pull influence from. It's like, okay, if I was listening, like what, what would get me stoked on like what to hear you know what i mean because like sometimes bands like they try and follow like a very specific era or like whatever very specific subgenre of hardcore but i just kind of was like okay like i love i like punk i like the metal stuff that i hear and it'd be cool to like mix that kind of shit together but not to the point where it's like all over the place where we we become like a like between the buried and me band or some shit right yeah (laughs) that's a great answer all right so you know we always try to keep it current but also there's stuff from the past you guys can do this in each individually. Give me, and I'll give it to you twofold so you have time to think about it. That's kind of, we vamp a little bit here. First, a record that you think somebody who's heard Gulch should listen to because you're like, yo, this is a record. Maybe it doesn't remind them of you guys, but it's a record that you're like, yo, if you listen to us, you should also check this record out. And then a newer band that you fuck with that you're like, yo, this is also a cool band that if you haven't heard them or seen them, you got to do that. So I'll go around the room. Who's ready first? I'm not fucking ready. I'm going to pass this Sam. to somebody else. Hello. <laughs> oh, if, if you like Gulch's sound, you probably are already listened to this record. And honestly, I'm going to probably goof the name. I don't know if it's a self-titled or it's called the protocols of anti-sound, but that Magruder grind record. Okay. If you like us, you probably love that. And you probably already know that. Wow. No, I don't think everybody does though. That's yeah. an interesting poll. Wow. That's, it's, it's funny, man. Like he showed me these riffs that he'd already written. And I was like, dude, you love Magruder grind, right? He's like, I've never listened to him. Like, dude, all right, that's it. That's the, I love that shit. All right. So then and what's yeah. one newer band you think people should fuck with? Don't New- say drain. No, no, no. Uh, dude, fuck Drain. No, um, new band that fuck Swarm Beating, dude. Swarm Beating from fucking um Boise, Idaho. Yeah, that's really? my jam. Yeah, okay. I love that. Heck All right, yeah. pass the mic. You're ready. Right, he's on, ready. Um, it's more like metal, but yeah. definitely like like Mammoth Grinder yeah. type stuff. I feel like I don't know. That's no, that's, that's cool. Like, that's a good answer. Like I feel like it's like somewhat comparable. I guess I could see it. Yeah. Um, a band that people should definitely check out. Um, they're called, Ap- I don't know how to say the name, Apsara. They're uh-huh. from, oh yeah, Apsara. Um, yeah, like Fresno area, like uh, LA area. That band is so fucking good. What's it sound like? Uh, dude, I don't even know. It's just like weird, like old school hardcore, but like just weird, like like kind of like funky, just groovy kind of stuff. Um, I like it a lot and I want to see that band get really big because I love that band. I'm gonna be fucking terrible with this. Um, oh man, a record. I don't know if you like if you like us. Um, you're talking about like an older record. No, right? I mean I, you. You're the main songwriter. What are some <laughs> things that you pull influence from? You you know what I mean? I don't know. That's the, yeah. not from any. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, hoax. Like yeah, hoax? Okay. from Boston. Yeah. 
gag. Yeah, like, the energy of like hoax and gag. I, but try, I think like, that I can see that come through in your shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah stuff like that. So, because like I stated, like I don't listen to a ton of hardcore, so I'm not the best person to be asking about this. Um, a new band I'm trying to think of. Um, there's a band, I think they're from Finland. They're called Negative, but without yeah. the E. Yeah, Negative. Yeah. yeah, Negative. That band, like when I heard that shit, I was like, dude, this is like, like this is right up my alley. This is the kind of stuff that I like. You're ready. You're closing. Oh. It, you get to close it off. Oh, sick. All right. Hi. Um, I think uh, if you like Gold, you'd like Anti Cymex. Yeah. Or Cymex. Sorry. Uh, Raped ass. Yeah. Dude, Scandinavian Jawbreaker. Uh, yeah. And uh, I agree. New band. That band Shackled. I think they're from New, New Jersey. Jersey. They are. Dude, they blew me away at this hardcore, incredible band. Cool young band. All right, Elliot, close it us off. All right. Um, I really fuck with Disrupt. Um, <laughs> That unrest record obviously is like one of my favorites. Um, I listen to a lot of shit like that, so that makes sense for me. But that's why it's funny that Cole writes all the stuff is he doesn't listen to any of that. So it's nice because there's no like influence where it's like almost like you're stealing riffs. It's kind of like you're totally open, like a clean slate to just this is what you like to hear. So you're just going to play it. You don't have to pull from other things. People underrate how cool and important that is. And I always tell people you should never be telling someone, oh, you've never heard this. Oh, like sometimes not hearing something is kind of this beautiful accident. So exactly. it's cool. Yeah. Um, and a new band. A band I really like that I just saw recently. It was one of those shows where it's like, it was one of those first ones that was really enjoyable for me for like the first time in a long time. Um, it's just like refreshing. Is this band Risk from LA? Like okay. a lot of young LA kids. Um, it's really just like suicidal tendencies kind of shit, but like it's fresh and it's new and these guys are like actually about what they're doing and passionate about it. So it's really cool to see. It's not them just trying to be a carbon copy of something. It's like what they know and what they do. So the live show came off as like exactly that. Like it reminded me of like watching old suicidal videos or, you know, it's shit from that era. And it's like, everybody just goes off for each other's bands and it's, it's fucking cool. Love that. All right. Last question. Then I'm going to let you guys just do your thing. Give a recommendation you know, it's not like you guys have been doing this forever, but I don't, I don't think that's necessary. Give a recommendation for people starting a band new about what's one thing they should keep in mind as their band starts up. What's something they should keep in mind or something they should try or do? You got anything for that? Yeah, uh, do whatever the fuck you want, really. I mean, don't try to copy other bands like just because they're doing well because it may not suit what you guys are about. Like, if you're for real like straight up with what you say and what you talk about and the music you do it comes off that way live like you can see it you can see when bands force it yeah to try to be a certain way try to fit a certain mold and it comes off as as corny sometimes and then you fall under the radar because there's a thousand other bands doing the same shit if you do what you want to do because you actually like it then people are going to notice that and that's just it it really does you better in the long run this is Gulch.
Take that!